One is, I think, if you're still in trauma about something, if you still have a, an active wound, that's not mm -hmm. a good place for comedy. Just because your pain will leak out instead of the insights. Once you prom, once you heal the wound, you can you can actually really raise people up. But if your wound is still like seeping, <laughs> mm. um, I think that's not a time to talk about that particular wound. Hello, and welcome to the What's So Funny About podcast brought to you by the Liberation Comedy Project, liberationcomedy.org. I'm your host, Pedro Silva. And on the podcast, we like to say that we talk to funny people about serious subjects. And today we're going to talk to environmentalist and funny lady, Belina Raffi of Sustainable Stand Up. Belina is quite possibly the nicest comic I've ever met in my life. And I know you are going to enjoy uh, listening to her. So let's get started. So welcome, Belina. It's awesome to have you here. Awesome to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, I, I, I always start off asking people, how did they get into comedy? Because I have discovered it. I used to be a very serious person, almost like I've made it my job not to laugh. Uh, so I'm not like that anymore. So I converted. So um, I wonder for you, how did you get into comedy? Was it like always a part of how you lived your life or is it something that just kind of emerged or just kind of landed into your life? How did, how did you get into the funny realm? Love it. Um, I think the seeds of it were in childhood because we moved around a lot and I needed a way to connect quickly with a new group of people. <laughs> Do you know what I oh, mean? Wow. So there was something about mm -hmm. tuning into um, what's a delightful way to connect quickly and engender trust and things like that. Um, I loved kind of the HBO stand-ups and I loved watching George Carlin and Bill Hicks mm. and all those guys. And then when I was working for in the back office of Citibank, um, uh, I needed a way to laugh because some of it was just so crazy. It was like meaningless and stressful at the same time. Mm. And I needed a way to to connect with people. So I started doing um, both improv and stand-up comedy uh, myself. And, and there's just something magical when you can connect with people and just light them up and light you. Like I love laughing myself. But I'm, I'm, I, Talk to uh, say I'm a small fairy and a giggle fairy <laughs> um, myself, and, and I love being able to do that with groups of people as well. So I think it kind of uh, childhood of needing to connect with a bunch of people quickly, and just watching some of the great comics of like the late '80s, early '90s through the thousands. Um, well, that's a good um, way to to um, explain getting into comedy. I wonder how many people who moved around a lot started kind of consciously thinking this is how um, I should connect the people. Cause I do find that comedy is a connector um, and it brings people into their humanity while also being mindful of the kind of paradox of being human. You yeah. know, comedy is like a really good at that. I, um, as I said, I used to be serious and there's probably a whole bunch of reasons for that. Um, but one of them was I grew up with a kind of reasonably strict Christian background yeah. Um, as a child so a lot of the things that like the hbo specials and all those other things like that i had to more like sneak if i wanted to see that sort of stuff right, right. and uh when i first i don't know if you ever heard of this guy named dolomite 
but his name was Rudy Ray Moore. This is an old school, uh, kind of like black exploitation film kind of thing. But when I, I saw the Eddie Murphy. Oh, Eddie yeah, Murphy yeah, did yeah. One recently. Yeah, I saw that yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. So when I was a kid, my mom used to perform um, in nightclubs when I was really young after she and my dad wow. woke up. Yeah. And she did kind of like almost like hip hop. And uh, Rudy Ray Moore, Dolomite, was at one of them. And she used to, she was a single mom. So she used to have us in the club with her. And we would just have a hide in the back and like uh, drink a virgin daiquiris or whatever. And she was like so nervous that we were going to hear what Dolomite or, was saying. And she was just like, oh, no, I can't have you in here. And then, uh, and then we just like my grandmother intervened, and then we just got super strict, super religious, and all that stuff. So I did not connect with other kids. I wish I had that uh, bomb of comedy because I moved around a lot too. But I was more like, you know, hey guys, want to read the Bible? And they're like, no way, get out of my face. So, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I, that's awesome that you you had that background and that skill set from an early age. So. Yeah, I Dol I'm glad that Eddie Murphy did that movie. So Dolomite stretches across more people because I know a lot of people probably yeah. didn't know who he was. So one of the things that um, you've already kind of leaned into how uh, comedy brings people together. Um, but I was just going to ask you a little bit more deeply. How do you see comedy servant efforts uh, to build social cohesion in larger societies? Like you made it in these like interpersonal connections, but could you see comedy making connections across the board? Yeah, I I mean, even so the comedy that I teach is, is a really um, loving form of stand-up comedy. And and um, the stuff that was with, like George Carlin and Bill Hicks, like they had their their day of like almost shaking us by the lapels and saying, like, mm -hmm. look at this dysfunction of society or what our government's doing or whatever it is, like the people right. in power, like look at the and and I loved that ability to kind of make us laugh and illuminate heavy stuff at the same time. So, th so that's like, I clocked that fairly early on and, and those were my favorite comics. Like, I don't know if you remember, there's a guy named Sam Kinison who's just very screamy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and I kind of wah, like, wah. I, I, yeah, I, and I remember that like he existed and he did stuff, but none of his content stuck with me. Whereas like the stuff that Bill Hicks and, and George Carlin did, did and there's a lady named Rita Rudner who who had like oh, a really yeah. gentle, lovely thing. Like um, from my memory, at least at the time, the stuff that stuck with me wasn't about kind of the big issues, but there were like some lovely moments where she said something like, uh, "You know, money. I know nothing about money. I used to send my sign my checks, love Rita." <laughs> Like it, it, because I worked for the banking world, and I saw like how yeah. intense it was. It, that was such yeah. a lovely, you know, like sharing of innocence in just a sweet way um and i loved also that it was coming from a from a state of i love myself and here's the silly thing that i did because uh, right. i've seen a lot of new acts and i'm probably you've seen them too where they like just are mean to themselves and the whole audience is like mm. oh my god why would you say that you know like we, where the audience feels sorry for the comic because they're going mm. in this dark route that's really kind of mean to themselves and then when they're mean mm. to the audience it's we run away because like we don't want to get hit with that so so for me the easiest route especially after the pandemic and we have the climate crisis and we have all these like social uh, polarizations is is like mm. what happens if it's a sponsoring energy of love and see mm -hmm. what 
Yeah, and I love that your projects all seem uh, about that as well. Uh, you know, it's yeah. really a pleasure to read your stuff, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, you have like a, a like a really nice air, like a, about you. Like I feel like uh, people probably couldn't be around you too long without starting to smile because you're, <laughs> you're like out in the time that I have talked to you, you're just smiling. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. So I think like um, you just your air brings about social cohesion because I don't think I could see too many people uh staying uh you know kind of siloed in your presence <laughs> even if That's you didn't say good. even if you didn't say much you just kind of got that vibe I um I do remember Sam Kennison because he used to be a pastor before he was a comedian oh how interesting was yeah a, yeah and I was a pastor so I always was curious about him I don't even remember a thing he said except for wow yeah, yeah. When, when he was getting mad um, but uh, I think all of those comedians in some way were trying to bring about social cohesion by making us pay attention because a lot of things yeah. that are happening in our world, we don't pay attention to or we actively try to avoid. And yeah. a lot of comedians make it palatable to yeah. uh, engage some hard topics. So that's part of the reason why uh, we started this project. But you um, focusing on, you know, climate change and stuff in your comedy or some degree, to, uh, how I understand it, uh, is also like a way of getting us to pay attention to things that we might want to stick our head in the sand about. Um, so what made you lean into that area of comedy and that that yeah. particular issue? Yeah, Um I, I love watching The Daily Show, John Oliver, mm -hmm. and then John Stewart, like last week tonight, and you know, like in uh, Trevor Noah and stuff is being fabulous. So I love that ability. I was doing improv with groups like the Red Cross Climate Center, and so I was teaching people who are working in climate related issues and social related issues. Here's how to improvise to be more co-creative, innovative, in service of you know your service. But I saw there's a, an aspect of that improv and stand-up share, which is notice more. Mm. And the healing thing about comedy that improv inherently actually doesn't have, which is find the funny in what you notice. And, mm. and so I wanted a way, if you just hold a space where people notice more who are working at the, you know, like at the heavy end of a, a social issue or a climate issue, you depress them. <laughs> and so I'm like, right. let me, let me bring this lens of lightness as well, because I really feel like it's, it's needed. It feels like, you know, one, it was a big deal. Like, can we be playful and get serious work done? Which was like my foray into the, the improv stuff. But then it's like, okay, how can we change our thinking by noticing patterns you know, like that comedy notices. And I'm also mildly dyslexic, which I think helps because I see, I tend to see patterns like in human relations that other people don't tend to see. So I can sort of call out from the lovingly from the outside of like, Hey, this is, like, I notice we're doing this, you know, what happens? Um, did that answer your question? That, that's sort of my play around I had to answer my question, but then I almost got distracted by you saying dys dyslexic because I don't really know uh, much about dyslexic except for that, um, you know, I've heard 
that people like letters move around or something like that. And I, so I was like, Oh, dyslexic. And uh, when you were describing it and, and you said, you notice different things. I started thinking like, well, did she notice words that like raft and, but you thought it said fart. And then you were like, what? and then started laughing about it or something. I was like, I don't know. So like, how does the dys- dyslexia play into it in a way that they can, that I can understand? Cause uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. And and like I can only speak to uh, to what happens with the like sometimes the the letters do switch around, but sometimes the the words switch around. And and so I'll give you an example. I was working with um, a big German a chemical company, and they're known by their acronym BASF. Okay. And I didn't know what it actually stood for, but I had to work with eighty of them. <laughs> like, mm. And 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 I'm like, okay. I need something funny to help me remember it in the right order. And I just came up with uh, boobs and so forth because it was just like a silly <laughs> phrase, but it would help yeah, me yeah. remember like how to get it in the right order so I could say it. Right. To, so so I, th- I think it's not just my coping mechanism with dyslexia, but there's like, we have to come up with playful ways to get it right all mm-hmm. the time because yeah. – we don't perceive things in the right way. And I think that playfulness and that inventiveness and like, okay, here's what it is. And here's what would we want it to be is also lends itself nicely to comedy because it's sort of like this, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> what we're doing, right. you know, like with homeless people or whatever it is like, here's what would be beautiful. Like, how do we get from there to here? Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, uh, I have, I started off when, to end comedy mentioning that I have uh, Asperger's, like yeah. a like a form of uh, autism, but then yeah. I kind of backed away from from talking about it. And uh, but it did it did help me to see things because when I tried to be funny, I wasn't funny, which probably contributed to me being uh, overly serious as well. Yeah. Um. But then I would sometimes be telling things, and people would be cracking up laughing, but I didn't think of it as funny. Like to right. myself, I yes. was like, why are they laughing? I'm not even joking right now. I'm like literally telling them something that happened and they're cracking up laughing and telling me I'm crazy. But when I would try to say something funny, people would look at me like, what are you saying? Like, you're not funny. And so it's <laughs> it's kind of ironic that I'm doing comedy now. But a lot of yeah. what people laugh at is the way that I observe things. Yeah. Yeah. But but I'm saying them kind of matter of factly, but they still end up being somewhat funny. And I, and I'm now can anticipate laughter. Whereas before I was surprised that people were laughing. I'd be like, what, why are they laughing at this story? I just told them. And then, then I started realizing like, okay, so I can totally see how, um, you know, working with different uh, of your own little different idiosyncrasies or diversities or whatever language someone wants to use. Uh, can contribute to you seeing the world in a different light and presenting something that may be old on one level in a new way. Because I think a lot of times we get stuck in the mundane and then we give up and we shut down. And then when somebody presents something to them that they might have seen a thousand times in a different way, it it can at least be illuminating and hopefully funny. So I I totally see that. So um, you actually do a type of comedy that I first thought I was inventing and then realized I wasn't inventing. Um, But you're also very kind. And I know that a lot of times people, we think of people being funny. They also are cutting. Um, And it seems like I usually ask people, is there anything off limits when it comes to comedy? But 
I think that you already have your own imposed limits. So, but but I'll position the question to you. Is there anything that, that you think is off limits to comedy in general? Or, mm-hmm. and then in contrast to that, are there things that personally you think are off limits? Like you have your own personal limits, but maybe yeah. have a broader sense of com- the larger comedy landscape. Did that make sense? It's a lovely, I think so. <laughs> it's a lovely okay. question. It's a lovely exploration. Um, all right, I'm going to dance around and we'll see how how we, how we okay. get on. One is, I think, if you're still in trauma about something, if you still have mm-hmm. a, an active wound, that's not mm-hmm. a good place for comedy. Just because your pain will leak out instead of the insights once you prompt once you heal the wound you can you can actually really raise people up but if your wound is still like seeping <laughs> mm. um i think that's not a time to talk about that particular wound um, mm. um and and that's kind of how we hold it in the course as well um so i had a uh, a really fabulous interesting person who had to who was in a lot of trauma and and like that's the interesting thing about running it now because I, I ran the online classes through the pandemic and a lot of people were going through stuff and some of them mm-hmm. found it like incredibly healing actually to be able to sit and reflect and laugh and find the funny but some of them were in such a state where it was actually a bit too too much and and part of my job is like okay so so let's take that topic off the table yeah mm-hmm. um is there something else that you can find some healing laughter from and it might be tangential but it's not bang on um i i had the incredible honor of working with six fabulous russian sustainability women and one ukrainian woman and and it was interesting because three of the ladies were still in russia and finding it so hard given whatever what their government's right. doing to right. be there but they had to be there for you know like that and and three of the women had fled russia and were in other places but like finding it you know like had to leave their home and everything they care about to be in a place that they felt more aligned with. And then one of the ladies was from Ukraine and she had fled her home because of the war to be in Berlin. Where So I got to meet her in person. So it was so interesting to hold that group and see how gentle and tender they were with each other and just so hungry to like, you know, governments do stupid stuff and and like right. that we're not them. And how can we really hold a loving space for each other, all of us? And that that was an honor to hear. And 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 they didn't like the, the Russian ladies said like, you know, um peace that, that felt as edgy as they could get with the alive wound that was happening. And, and you know, and the UK war is like still going on right. intensely. Um right. It, it, that's as close as they could get. And then they would find things in their daily lives to laugh at. And that felt like a more healing space to be in. So I guess it's in terms of what's off limits, it's like, what can you play with that still feels healing for yourself and the audience? And if it's beyond that boundary, then wait a bit, you know, like put that back in the oven, <laughs> mm. let it cook a while and heal a while and then bring it out. I, th- I think that's, where my main boundary is. No, that's good. When I was a pastor, they used to teach, uh, preach from your scars, not from your wounds. 
Mm, was the concept which sounds exactly like what you're talking about which you know people have told me that a lot of uh, comedians formerly were pastors and Mm. there's a lot of crossover um, there yeah preaching from your scars and not from your wounds so that's a yeah yeah and now i can use that same thing for comedy like joke from your scars and not from your wounds yeah and i totally get that and that that kind of lends to um the idea of some comics that i've seen like self-destruct yeah. and they probably were still coming out of their wounds yes. and uh and it hadn't become scars so that's a that's brilliant and that's a good um a good kind of frame one comedian or one she's not a comedian but she works in the comedy space who was on the podcast she said something that was really awesome uh, she said um there's nothing off limits with comedy but some things are too soon, possibly forever. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting one to say. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's, it there's holds a, that paradox. Yeah, yeah. I love it because with time, our our whole sensibilities change too. And I also yeah. like you know, like what's the joke? You know, like mm-hmm. um, how beautiful is the premise of the joke? Mm-hmm. Like I don't see the point in making ugly premises and tearing humanity down at a time when we need to get together and do beautiful things and make beautiful choices. So I guess for me, there's another thing about beauty and like, what's the intention of the joke? Um, mm-hmm. the, there's a really interesting documentary called The Last Laugh, which is mm. Jewish comedians talking about jokes about the Holocaust and where's the oh, line. Wow. And I really recommend that for listeners. And, and it just, it's a really interesting because different comedians have different senses mm. of it. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and, yeah. and their audience, like the people who love them will, will go with them because they trust them. But it, it's, I think it's, we have this weird dynamic now where like, you know, the social tr- media trolling and you have like people showing up with, to shows with guns and shit like that. So it's a, sorry, excuse right. me, stuff like that. And, right. um, and it, it, it totally, it makes what we do dangerous and, and, yeah. and, and, and it heartbreakingly so, because it also shuts down fresh and divergent thought. Right. You know what I mean? And and people yeah. who are trying to bring healing and trying to open up minds, um, yeah, become endangered. Yeah, I, I, I had this joke. I didn't, uh, I couldn't feel like it would land, but I was talking about like that there was, I got out of ministry because it was starting to get too dangerous. And then mm-hmm. I thought, like basically what you know what would i do next and then it was a a toss-up between mixed martial arts fighter and comedian and then wonderful the wonderful yeah and then and then uh will smith punched a a slap chris rock and then it's like so it's like that it was like kind of tying those things together like there's this danger um in comedy now too you know yeah Um, so i yeah i totally get that and it's it's strange but i think that it goes back to what you were saying about um wounds Mm because i think so many of us are wounded and we haven't had enough time for scars to take form yeah and so when people are doing comedy or even trying to trying to have conversations across differences it brings up people's wounds and it doesn't take much like you know the um organization that i work for uh, unify we work with bringing people together across differences and bridging divides 
and using a lot of tools, comedy is just one. Um, but people go into like fight or flight, like yeah. pretty quickly, you know, yeah. and you say like, you know, a certain word and the conversation stops. And I think that that largely goes to people's woundedness. Mm-hmm. So um, I think what some of the comics you were talking about earlier, those self-deprecating comics that almost sound like they're tearing themselves down. I think that they do that because it's safer. It's a safer mm-hmm. form of comedy to tear yourself yeah. down because if you say something about somebody else, then they might be liable to lose their mind. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and how sad is it? Like, so I'm in Berlin, Germany and it's fine here mm-hmm. <laughs> to say what we want to say. Like there's, there's not the the gun stuff that, that is right. in the United States. I'm from Baltimore originally. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just it, what you deal with is a very different dynamic in the United States than we have in, in Europe, just from that um, perspective. Mm. And and I know like different places are safer than others and, and things like that. But it's interesting. I know that like Fox News like pumps out, like, if you go to Europe, you'll be killed instantly by like, you know, Islamic terrorists. And we're all like, what? <laughs> no, we're fine here. What are you talking about? Um it's it's an interesting flip. I think it's because they don't want us to they don't want us to travel and see how cool it is in other places. <laughs> That's yeah, like, yeah. like what? <laughs> like you don't need to know. It's like um the reverse of like Buddha's dad, you know. Mm. Oh, because, tell me more. Like, tell me- like well, Siddhartha. The story of Siddhartha is that oh, he. Yeah. You know, he was a prince or whatever, and his dad didn't want him to see yeah. the the messed up stuff in the world, so he hid it from everybody. Yeah. And in the United States, we like hide. We put the messed up stuff on everybody else to make us look comparatively better. So we're like, oh, look at that. That's all, that's all terrible over there, man. They don't they hate freedom or whatever. You know, things that we say. Yeah. And so then people then go, oh, okay, no need to look over there. We'll just stay right here. They're like, okay. That's such a funny, wonderful, funny compare. Like that, it's the opposite of of Siddhartha's dad. I love that. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, completely. Yeah, we're Everything gonna keep you. In, if you go to the mall, you could get shot. You're gonna have no healthcare. <laughs> yeah, there's no welfare yeah. system to speak of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're but- interesting. So one of the questions, you know, the podcast is called What's So Funny About? So we usually ask, like, what's so funny about something that might not necessarily be funny? So I'm going to ask you, what's so funny about uh, the climate crisis? Yeah. And you don't have to say it's funny, funny, but like, what comes I mean, so what pops in my head and what started it with, um, downloaded some of the stuff about my project in my head was watching actually Louis CK had this fantastic bit on the environment. And and he said, like, if you were God and you looked down, you'd like, what, what are you doing? Like, I, like I gave you the earth. Like if you're God, you're like, and you believe in Christianity, Mm -hmm. you believe that God gave you the earth. Why wouldn't you need to look after it? And I'm like, I'm actually directly quoting him. So please go like to that bit. It's a really good bit. But I love that idea of like looking from a longer Perspective, like if, if if we suspend disbelief for a second and just go, imagine we're eternal loving beings and we're looking down and it's like, mm-hmm. what do we do? It's it's disorientingly weird. Like we're mean yeah. to each other. We're mean to ourselves. We do things that like harm our own health and that of the planet. And there's something silly in that. Like if, if I, I kind of like the, the thought that like if we don't get it, that 
and this is just personal for me. Like we, I, I believe like we might reincarnate and who knows, we'll find out when we get there, but like we might reincarnate. And if we like just mess it up, we're all going <laughs> to reincarnate on a different planet to try to work out the stuff that we didn't work out on earth. And it'd be a shame because this is an amazing place, but there's, there's like, there's so much dysfunction, you know, um, I'll give you a specific actually is, is so I'm also, I do work on sustainability projects and, you know, food security and all this stuff. So I can yeah. see it from the enacted bit and I see it from the comedy bit, just like you, you're working in a social, you know, um, mm-hmm. issue group, but you see it with the comedy and, and um, my partner has truly one of the most amazing projects I've ever seen. And it's uh, organic agroforestry and it, it stops farmers and they opt into it themselves. It, it stops mm-hmm. farmers from slashing and burning. Um, mm-hmm. It brings back biodiversity. It restores sterile soil. It does like, um, it lifts them out of poverty. It, it does like an extraordinary amount of things. And the UN has hired groups from like PWC who have never been in a field who write the funding applications. And he can't, like, he couldn't complete the funding application because his is a complex project and they are in a linear, like, they're assuming everything's right. linear. And it's sort of like, right. for me, so if you're in it, you realize that's ridi- ridiculous. Like, why would yeah. we do it that way? And for me, it's like any group that could fill out that funding you don't want because they're not in right. alignment with nature, which is complex. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's yeah. like, where is the how really misaligned from the what? Where yeah. where is the where are we doing the how in our response to the climate change, mm-hmm. which is exactly what got us here in the first place? I think that's yeah. hilarious. Like, where are those vestiges of process? That, yeah. yeah, no, I, I get that. I um had this story I haven't um told uh, like I haven't told it in stand up yet, but it's a part of it. It's like I got a long like running list of all these things I want to joke about. Well, one of them is about like God being able to see from God's point of view and God uh, creates humanity and God's like, Hey, uh, so I made you just like me, blah, 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 blah. And the people say, Oh, wow, that's awesome. So what can we do? And God's like, Oh, you can do so many things. You can create art. You can make beautiful things. You can make love. You can, and he tells God tells them all the awesome things that they can do. Like just totally awesome things, nothing else. And we're like, wow, wow, wow. And it's like, then they say, well, what can't we do? And he goes, hmm, well, you can't die. And then that's the thing that we decide we want. Like bad kids. And we're like, what? You can't tell me what to do. I can't die. Oh, watch this. And then we just go in and we just take the whole creation and just like, let's die. Let's kill everything and everyone. God's not going to stop us. And then that's, and that's how, and that's, that's basically awesome. how we got in this situation. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, you think I can't kill all the species? Oh, you think I can't destroy the planet? You think I can't make technology and go to another planet and destroy that one too? Like, it's like that's... this defiance to, of our father that gave us like Please. or mother or whatever. That Please gave us, like, do all that. Stuff. That is yeah. awesome. The world yeah. needs yeah. to hear that one. Man. Yeah, that's that's how that's how that's how I experience people, man. It's like you tell yeah. them like the one thing they're like, oh yeah, and then that's it. Like <laughs> that's it. I'm gonna destroy everything. You told you trying to tell me what to do. You messing with my freedoms. So wait. So what's your sense? Are we strappy teenagers or are we strappy three year olds? <laughs> like, I don't even know. It depends. It depends. 
But like, you know, it would be funny. Like, cause I used to be evangelical fundamentalist. Like everybody's going to hell except for like yeah. me and like 139, <laughs> 140, 100, 144,000 or whatever number they came up with. So it was like right. 1,143,999 people and me. Yeah. <laughs> we're the yeah. only ones going to heaven. I was jacked up. <laughs> but, but, uh, but we, but I used to think like that. And, but now, I still have that in my brain from upbringing, but yeah. I have like, you know, more, uh, think more broadly. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, now I like laugh at the idea cause you said about reincarnation and I laugh at the idea of like, what if, like how we are in the world, like, is, instead of like having like a heaven and a hell, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the way that we think about it. If we just break suspend, like, you know, imagination or whatever, or the limits of imagination. Like, what if after you die, like, however you've been, that's, like, the world you show up in next. But yeah. it's still Earth. So, like, yeah. if you're a jerk, you show up in Earth on the year, like, 27.5 or something like that. And it's, like, burning up and flaming. And, and like, oh, my God, I'm in hell. But you're not in hell. You're, like, in Earth. But you because you're a person you didn't care about, about the planet, you end up in, like, your next life in the, like, most jacked up version of Earth. It's, like, just destroyed <laughs> and people eating each other's faces for breakfast. Or something like that. And then, and then, but then if you're a cool person, you end up being like a Native American before white people showed up. And you're yeah. just like, ah, yeah, man, I'm one with nature and live in harmony and peace. And you, I don't know. I'm just making something up. But I, but talk I, to I, my spirit I, animal. Like, you know, like, talk to the head. Talk to my spirit animal. Like, you, yeah. like yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, That's no, wonderful. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, like, because I'm not a pastor anymore, I got a lot of stuff to do with my brain. It's like, yeah. just like I'm questioning and looking at everything and trying to figure it out. But uh, so let and me I ask love, you. Oh, go you ahead. Also, so you also say like what you want. And I think that's the other thing in, in what I teach, because I hear a lot of, of people in climate and people in social issues saying what they don't want. And it's it's. If, it, when I teach, it's like, I love. how do we get to, I love myself, I love the audience, the system is silly, here's what would be awesome. And that yeah. piece of here's what would be awesome gives people hope and just like an idea of what else it could look like. So I love your like, like here's what heaven, <laughs> you come yeah. back as a Native American. <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... <laughs> I love the way you're you're laying it out too. And the cool thing about doing this uh podcast is I get to meet different people who do comedy in so many different kinds of ways. Um mm -hmm. it shows like the breadth of of what's available in the realm of the funny. So let me ask mm -hmm. you, what is the uh let me start with this one. What's the worst response you ever got from some bit that you ever did or some some piece of um comedy or improv? Like the worst reaction you got from another person. Just um, I I mean, because my stuff tends to be kind. <laughs> like I don't get, I oh, don't yeah. tend to get mean responses. I remember, like I was really excited because I I nailed a punchline and there was silence, and then I realized I had forgotten the setup completely. <laughs> so I'm like, something's oh, missing for you guys, right? That you're was just very like, early on. <laughs> you're like, to get to the other side. And they're like, what? And you're laughing. And then they're like, to get the other side? What, what do you mean? Like, oh, did I not ask why the chicken crossed the road? No, you didn't. Oh, geez. I'll tell you one time I did this this thing. I, when I, when I went through this phase, like, when I was coming from being, like, super fundamentalist, I was in this, like, 
like I don't know the void, and yeah. uh, I didn't know where I fit in. And one of my buddies who was fundamentalist, um, and like serious like me, he was like trying to get me to come back to the church, right? Yeah. And um, the church had kicked me out. I didn't even leave the church. They kicked me out because I said I asked some goofy question like. Uh, shouldn't we be kind to all the people that are burning in hell? You know, that's that's all I asked. Like, I was like, should we be kind to them since they're not going to be able to get in? Should we be nice to them on earth since their eternity is going to be in the lake of fire? And they're like, what? I'm like, oh my God, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful question. That's, that is such a profound question though. Wow. It's funny. It's like, it's funny. It's like, I wasn't it before then. I still thought everybody was going to hell. I just yeah. like, well, let's be nice to them since they're gonna burn for eternity. And then and they were like, no. I'm like, what in the world is going on? It was I started yeah. asking questions and they were getting like mad at me instead of like entertaining yeah. the questions. Cause then I was like, hold on, if it's only 144,000 people going to heaven, why are we recruiting people? Because then they're like a chance we might mess up our uh, our chances, we might recruit somebody better than us, and we might have been like the last in line. And God's like, you shouldn't have recruited John. He's awesome. So now you're going to Earth twenty seven oh five. You know, right? you know. So I was like, so I was asking these questions innocently because I was trying to do it right. They're like, get out. Yeah. And so then, like, one of my buddies, and then I started thinking about it, like all the stuff they they got mad at me about. So I was just like frustrated. And my buddy was like, oh, come back, come back, man. And I started getting frustrated with him because he was because I used to try to like save people, and then yeah. he was trying to save me, and I was like, "Get out my face!" And then one day I uh, I decided to just a tangent from you saying that you did the punchline but didn't do the setup. Yeah, I did that. I I did something. I did a setup, but there was no punchline. But I what I did is I because uh, everybody used to be annoyed with me and him, but now they were just annoyed with him. And I said, uh. When, when he came into work, before he came into work, I said, "Hey, everybody! When we're in a meeting, in the in the staff meeting, I'm gonna say I have a joke, and I'm gonna say, what's the difference between a horse?' And then I'm just, and then everybody just started laughing, but I'm not gonna tell the other guy. So then uh, we call on in, and so he walked in. We're we're like we're sitting there, and I said, "We got a meeting." I said, "Okay, hey guys, what's the difference between a horse?" And then they all just started busting out laughing. And he's like looking around like, what in the heck? And he's just like, and then everybody's like, huh? And he's like, he's like, that wasn't a joke. He just said, what's the difference between a horse? And then everybody was like laughing, laughing, laughing. And then I felt terrible after that. I was like, damn, that was a jerk move. I shouldn't have done it. But it was like just, that was a long way explaining. I told a joke with no punchline. You told a punchline with no joke. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I love your questions though for this. I mean, um, Bill Hicks has a fabulous line. Get you. Yeah, well, it's fabulous. <laughs> um, Bill Hicks had a quote. Oh, I really want to get it right. So, so it's something like because I think his dad was a preacher, a te- like in Texas, and and he said something like, "Eternal damnation awaits anyone who denies God's uh, com- God's uh, eternal love," or something. something like- <laughs> Like, like there was something so um misaligned with this yeah. message of eternal love for everybody and like and the damnation thing like that there's yeah yeah one um, of my friends one time he was like he said 
He said, why can't these heathens have an open mind and listen to what we say? And then I was like, then I said, I heard him. I said, man, we, don't we sound crazy? And he was like, but he was just like, you know, and I said, well, do you, would you listen to what they said? I just asked him. Yeah. Well, no, they're wrong. And then I'm like, <laughs> well, but I don't get this, you know, and like, because mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely, I was the type of dude, I used to be the type of dude, like, I would have, if Jesus came down and was like, my son, you know, just go, uh, you know, whatever. I would be like, yeah. all right, sweet Jesus. And, yeah. and the irony was in my effort to try to understand it. They were like, get out. But anyway, uh, so let me ask you this, since you're so kind and you haven't had too many negative responses, maybe you might have been like too loving. And some people were like, why do you love other people? You know, but <laughs> outside of that. Not yet. Wait, <laughs> What's the best response you ever uh, received from something that you you performed? That's a lovely question. Um, so I worked with a group um, whose acronym is GIZ, and and they're a sustainable development group, and they're they're um, German, and bits of them are really bureaucratic and stuff. But we did this course with seven of their leaders, and then we did a show in front of two hundred and fifty, and the show ended in a standing ovation which nice. was awesome. But a friend of mine was in the audience and at one point, cause I, I, I emceed it and I said, look, all of us from the stage and from the audience, we're going to fill this room with as much love, light and laughter. Are you up for it? And I think that was a question none of them had ever heard. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And there was a lady who came in late and sat next to somebody in who was in front of where my friend was sitting in the audience. And, and she said that she, <laughs> She poked this guy and she's like, why are we being so supportive? <laughs> the guy said, because Polina told us we had to. <laughs> but like the fact that it was a standing ovation and like for weeks afterwards, people were coming up to the people in the canteen who had been on the stage saying, oh, I love when you said this. I love when you said this. So there was something like it unleashed this like it's okay to be loving and support people who are being creative and brave. You know what I mean? Mm, like, so yeah. that felt really good. That felt really nah, good. That's awesome. We need more of that. So now this is where I like let my brain just come up with some random thing that I don't know what I'm going to say, but awesome. I see uh, <laughs> behind you, other people can't see this. So I'll describe it when, when uh, cause it's an audio podcast, but I see it says uh, up in smoke. And then what's it, what is it after that up in smoke? one man's burning issue now it sounds like it would be a movie about marijuana and a venereal disease <laughs> but uh it probably isn't so <laughs> what's what's what the, what's that, that about and and is it funny oh i love it well actually so do you see the little pink thing there's a little pink posted uh, yeah, on it something pink okay. i can't tell what so, it is so my friend stayed here when i was away and um, it, in, in, it says Up in Smoke, which is not the Cheech and Chong film. Right. It's a documentary. Right. Um, and then it says One Man's Burning Issue. And then my friend put With Boobs in the pink oh. post. <laughs> so I think that's funny. Um, this is the documentary about my fella's work uh, that that or, like um, organic agroforestry, food security, oh, okay. alternative. So, so that's what that is. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. So that, that brings us full circle to your boobs and so forth <laughs> yes. that from the company you work for <laughs> i don't know if i'm going to put an explicit lyric i um, explicit <laughs> sign on this episode uh, it would make me feel hip if you did no. <laughs> okay well like a throw, a couple of throw a couple f-bombs out there then i'll have to 
the sh no. one and I did, i'm sorry about that i didn't mean to but yeah. that's, it's like you're so kind you're like oh, i can't say it. <laughs> no but i was just i'm the same way i get stuck because i still even when i think funnier things i can't say them because my brain still tries to stop me so um so and that's awesome so when if people want to learn more about what you're doing about your work yeah. where can they find you Awesome. Um, so sustainablestandup.com is where they can find out about particularly the public courses of, um, of this comedy course. I also do internal ones and they can, uh, I mean, they can contact me through Sustainable Standup, but I also have a, um, a website called mafic.com. Um, and I'm just shifting over because I'm writing a book about all the stuff that I've learned from teaching this course over 50 times across 11 countries so far. And it's going to be called Giggling with Earth. So um, that's another place to catch me probably in about a year. <laughs> awesome. So Mafic, how do you spell Mafic just for? Yeah, I love it. Um, it's um, yeah, M-A-F-F, like French fry, and then I-C-K. Um, and okay. it means to boisterously celebrate. It, there's just actually okay. a, a meaning to it. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you to spell it again because you said you has dyslexia, and I want to make sure you know oh, yeah. uh, spell it wrong. <laughs> I actually get this one. And I'm, I'm M-A-F-F, like French fry, I-C-K. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, joining us for What's So Funny About. And uh, thank you for your kindness and your laughter and your light and your love that you bring. That's something that we want to bring to the world as well. And uh, I'll try to get you the explicit uh, content tag for the Just S to... word that you said to make you feel cool. <laughs> thank you for the beautiful work you're doing in the world. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe. The What's So Funny About podcast was brought to you by the Liberation Comedy Project, which is being incubated by Mediators Foundation, mediatorsfoundation.org, and managed by Unify, Y-O-U-N-I-F-Y.org. Stay tuned for future episodes and check out past episodes as we work to bring more light, laughter, and love to this world through the Liberation Comedy Project. Bye for now.